Zencaster is recording, and here we go. Today's episode is presented by Misen. Virtually every chef agrees that a sharp, well-balanced chef's knife is the essential workhorse for any kitchen. A great knife should feel good in your hand, stay sharp, and hold up over time to the rigors of your kitchen. Simple, right? But behind these deceptively simple concepts are centuries of tradition, technology, design, and craft. Misen spent four years developing the perfect knife because every little detail matters. Misen went through 37 different prototypes until they knew they had the perfect knife. The final result? A knife that's a pleasure to hold, sharp enough to plow through even the toughest foods, and a blade that stays sharper longer. The best part is by partnering closely with their factories and selling directly online, Misen is able to offer incredible cookware at wholesale pricing. Go to the link in our show notes to get your Misen knife today. Misen, the perfect knife at an unreal price. This week into the box office, audience liked it, so they put 10 rings on it as Shang-Chi held on to the top spot. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 168th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and uh, I believe it goes, wha-uh-oh, wha-uh-uh-uh-oh. Ooh, oh. even the dance, too. Wha-uh-oh. Looks oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Uh, it took me basically until I started doing that to remember the uh, how that song goes. But I think I got there. I'm pretty confident in that one. Yeah, that sounded good. I uh, let's. Uh, would you like a top five? I would, and you know what that Shang Chi is on top of the box office again. So you know what that means. What's that? You're doing an Avengers themed. Oh yes, I, I did. I did know that. I was. Uh, I was. I wasn't sure if you were going to throw me a curveball. I uh, no. Yes, this week I'm doing uh, similar to last week. Uh, I did the uh, a top five Avengers team. Uh, yeah, this you're week, you're gonna going to do six through ten. <laughs> no, I'm going sidekicks this week. Mm. Top five sidekicks, and again, this is like sort of a uh, sort of like a, spe- a special episode. What if all the main heroes vanished? Yeah, what constitutes a sidekick? Some of these have, uh, these uh, characters have gotten their own shows. Well, that's true, uh, or uh, possibly will be getting their own shows in the future. Mm. Uh, some of them are uh, named in the titles of movies, but I just kind of, uh, I just kind of called it like I saw named it. Named in the titles of, so like the Wasp are you picking? I don't know. We'll find named out in soon. The title. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we're starting off definitively a sidekick. Uh, Heimdall uh, of Thor. Uh, I just watched the uh, um, beginning of Endgame in between... Okay. Um, Whatever I was watching, and uh, they, uh, I, I, I literally turned it on as Thanos kills uh, Heimdall. Okay, and then uh, Hulk just goes, "You're gonna die for that!" And I thought, "Oh, that's a strong reaction." You didn't say that when your brother died, and then when Loki was still alive at the time. But I thought, I thought Loki already died. He was like, "No, not Heimdall." Yeah, Heimdall, uh, very important. The uh, all-seeing. A uh, yeah. commander of the uh, the Rainbow Bridge. He opens the Bifrost. Uh, mm-hmm. 
provides both uh, both tactical support, can see everything everywhere at all times, and uh, and transport. I think uh, would be crucial to this team trying to That's trying to point. save the world while all the real heroes are missing. Uh, number four, uh, sticking with uh, mostly tactical support, uh, but some uh, some main damage dealing. I went with Hawkeye. Oh, who, very topical. Who I do uh, I do classify as a sidekick because uh, Black Widow got a movie, and I see them as basically a pair. And so she is now officially a main hero, and Hawkeye is her sidekick. Did you, <laughs> about that. Did you watch the trailer? I did. What'd you think? I I think uh, I'd like. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you already have, but just just in case, I'm going to uh, warn you in advance. I'd like you to start making peace with how uh, into this show I'm going to be. Just like leading up to it, it could just easily turn into another falcon and winter soldier and like not make any sense and not be very good but the vibes coming out of that trailer love it the sort of light christmasy thing going on them like sorting through the arrows and him being like not that one not that one uh, great great stuff there i'm uh, i take it by your stunned silence that you were less into the trailer <laughs> No, I thought, I thought, first of all, it's a terrific trailer. It's incredibly well edited. It sells its point. It looks, and this, I think the music has a lot to do with it, because, like, I, I really am a sucker for, like, Christmas songs and trailers. Um, but it just feels like a big holiday thing. So they did a great job. Um, I think that the dynamic between them is going to be 80-20 Haley Seinfeld. She is just a rocket in that trailer. Like, she is just charisma all over her. She hits her lines really well. He looks like he's having a blast. Um, Joe, Joe or Anthony, I don't know which one's daughter is back in it. From okay. End, from uh, beginning of Endgame as a Hawkeye's child. Um, and I'm excited for the Rogers the Musical, which like, first of all, that's the title. You guys couldn't think of a better name for your Captain America musical than Rogers Colden the Musical. Um, I think it looks like a ton of fun. I like the vibe behind it. My issue... Uh, is that he is a mass murderer. Okay. And we seem to are be playing this as like, nah, he's having fun. And I really hope this show, and I understand it's a trailer. They want to pop it as their, you know, big holiday offering, but I really hope the show doesn't just gloss over the fact that he was, he, he shed all kinds of blood. <laughs> Well, that's, that, uh, and was that so seemed depressed. to be baked pretty well into the premise. Well, it was baked in the premise that that she has a hood on, and is doing stuff. But then even so, if she's like the copycat, she's also not very damaged and seems to be very joyful and funny. And I just think that he's he he has to deal with the fact that he's like just was just mowing people down and that's not very interesting and so i hope that i just hope that the show doesn't just go it's fun and skippy and campy like he's there should be consequences to what he did. i took it i took it as less that she is like a copycat of ronan than like she's getting the blame for what Ronan did, that like all the true. all the mobsters are like taking it out on her, 
And so he feels responsible in that way. Okay. I mean, and has to go back to uh, like protect her from those consequences and clean up his mess. I, I, I hope that's the show. That's not what the show it It provided me where he saw someone being a copycat and he was like, who is doing this? And then it was a small, not a small, she's a, she's a young woman, but uh, a young woman. And, yeah. uh, and was like, uh, oh, and then he gets roped into her business and he's like, oh, now I'm in this now. And, they're quipping and stuff. So I, I do hope it, it has time to explore the, uh, the ramifications mentally and just sociopolitically of what he did. Um, and I don't think it will, but it, it, it does like, if this was, if this was a trailer a- apropos of Endgame, like they, they could easily have sold this as a, like a low, like an eight, I know it's not $80 million, but like an $80 million, like Hawkeye movie. I think this would have been great counter programming, just like a very like slick, you know, Christmas comedy for, from the MCU. I'm excited for it. I just, I hope that they're, they're up to the challenge. And I would have been there with bells on. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on the trailer. list. Uh, number three is war machine. Mm, also going to be on show. Yes. Uh, but not till later. Much uh, later. Basically Iron Man jr. Uh, in the capabilities of his suit, uh, a little, a little hamstrung by, like real world politics Mm -hmm. having to also be like a high ranking member of the military. He can't, he can't as much go rogue and just kind of take care of stuff on his own. And also doesn't really seem to have like the nanobots that Iron Man had. No, he has to like strap into that heaviest shit outfit every time. But I think, uh, I think can really do a lot of damage to the sort of uh, low and mid tier villains just with his arsenal would be very important. Uh, number two, you called it. I'm picking wasp. Yeah. Uh, in the, was that the name in the title you were referring to? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I guess Hawkeye also is Mm. getting a show, but mostly wasp. Yeah. But I think, I think it's fair to say that wasp, like not, maybe not a sidekick, but is not a primary. Right. Like, I don't think we're, in any danger of getting a wasp movie without ant-man no no so no I, I don't think that would that's ever going to happen so i'm at least going to live in this gray area yeah. uh and in in the way that war machine is kind of iron man jr wasp is basically exactly the same as ant-man probably uh, even better i think that's like the point of especially that second movie is that yeah, she's just so. like much more well equipped for this I don't. I don't think she can become giant wasp. That's but, that's interesting. But I do think she has. Uh, she's smarter she's than him. She's smarter than Ant Man. Probably more skilled mm-hmm. in the ant mode. Plus, she's she good fly. at fighting. She's good at uh, fighting. She can fly. So that's I'm. I'm just. I'm getting a. Uh, I'm getting a legit Avenger. Do you think we ever get the wasp big? I bet we get that in three. I. Maybe I'm. I'm guessing they're gonna keep that to be a giant man thing. Quantum mania. I bet. Uh, I what bet we get some like her little him. Uh, it's it's Ant Man, giant, giant Ant Man. So like, I guess like, it is giant man. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's okay. called giant man because he's a giant ant. Um. So what's what's like a term that means large that's to do with wasp or wa orsp? What about a. Uh, what about the honeybee? 
or maybe not maybe not honeybee, but like bumblebee. They are like the big like the big fat fuzzy ones. Murder hornet. Oh sure, yeah. There you go. I'm trying to think of like ginorm wasp. I um why? gargantuasp. That's any. Anyway, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think know. We're, we're, well, we're not. We're not getting there. But uh, but she's on my team at number two. And number one, uh, of course, the impetus for this list. We talked about him last week. It is Wong. Yeah, baby. I was not expecting you to say Wong. Wong, uh, similar to Wasp being uh, arguably as like more skilled than Ant-Man right. in the ant technology. Uh, Wong, at least at the beginning, uh, arguably more skilled than Doctor Strange, just at like day-to-day magic casting spells and stuff doesn't necessarily have the breadth of abilities but is uh, very competent and is just magical is just like a wizard and that that seems like the strongest uh, the strongest characteristic we're getting out of a sidekick in these movies yeah uh took down uh took down the abomination very recently uh well they were working together they're working together because didn't he say like we got to work on you throwing your punches? Oh yeah, yeah, but they're like they're still fighting, like in a in a fight between him and Abomination. He won, mm-hmm. uh, much quicker than Hulk did. So I'm taking Wong at one there. What about um, uh, Monster Wasp or Humong Wasp? I don't think either of those are there yet. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, but our top five for this weekend at the box office of film uh, started off again with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at number one. That made $34.7 million. That was a 54% drop. That is up to 144.5. Free Guy came in at number two with $5.5 million. That was a 37.2% drop. That is up to $101.5 million. Malignant opened at number three with $5.4 million. Candyman came in at number four with 4.7. That was a 53.8% drop. That's up to 47.9. And Jungle Cruise came in at number five with 2.3 million, a 41.9% drop. That is up to 109.7 million. All right. Our top story is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, dropping a, for Marvel especially, minuscule. 54 percent another 34 million in the bag 144 total uh worldwide we're at 256 so what does all this mean well uh black widow recently opened that dropped uh if you recall no 68 percent made 25 million uh, 131 for that two-week total this is obviously above that and dr strange which opened about ten million more over the traditional weekend because uh, Shang Chi opened on a Friday, but it had the Monday holiday, so the regular Friday to Sunday. Doctor Strange had eighty five. That dropped forty nine, uh, helped by uh, just the holiday season. It was mid November at that point, the weekend before Thanksgiving. Forty two or forty nine percent drop. That had one fifty three. So it's pretty close. I would have to say it has a decent chance at besting Strange's. Um, two, what is strange make total two thirty two ish. Um, it is the, 
It is the best second weekend for a film in the pandemic. Best second weekend for a film since Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker at the end of 2019. Um, as far as attendance goes, this is from filmschoolrejects.com. Uh, it's 52% is number seven among all second weekend drops for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Behind Spider-Man Far From Home, which had a 51. The Avengers, obviously, that was a huge deal. Doctor Strange, as we mentioned. Iron Man, also very buzzy. Thor, and of course, Black Panther. Uh, films that have beat the well-liked Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Avengers Infinity War. So um, the story of this pandemic, as you recall, Noah, is that films open big and then drop like a stone. I've heard something about that. <laughs> this didn't. No, so, dropped regular pretty this good. Dropped regular. It's pretty good. It's going to be the first film, unless something goes very wrong. It's going to be the first film of the pandemic to get over $200 million at the domestic box office. The first film since, do you remember? Uh, last yeah. movie to do that? Number one movie of last Good. year. Okay. Well, I was going to, I was going to guess this before you said that, uh, bad boys for life, bad boys for life in January of 2020. It was the last film to gross over 200 million at the domestic box office. Shang-Chi should be the first film since then. This is a remarkable numbers. Audiences are liking the film. They're telling their friends word of mouth is good. This is easily another breakout character for Marvel. Um, and, uh, while the film didn't quite work for me, it is. Uh, I do see why people continue to love it and see it, and just another uh, example of why representation matters. And in cinemas, people will go out of any any race, creed, or religion to see a good movie, regardless of who's at the star and role. Um, also, opening this well, what opened this weekend? Malignant, James Wan's, uh, what we call in the business a one for me. You know what that means? You, well, you make a uh, you do the movies the studio wants you to make. Uh, James Wan is uh, Mr. Conjuring, or is that he someone is, else? But more importantly for Warner Brothers right now, he hasn't directed a Conjuring movie since Conjuring 2. I okay. believe. He is Mr. Aquaman. Aquaman. Okay, so yeah. You, but you want you, me back for the... Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, or whatever the fuck that's called, the dumb title they picked. Um uh, give me $40 million for my uh, little pet project here. And I hear it's weird and uh, strange and divisive, and I can't wait to watch it. Um, and, uh, I agree. The, the trailers did not impress me in any the way. The trailers looked like garbage. It looked like it looked a badly good. made and acted movie. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to hear that it is weird and distinct. Um, and so James and, – and, like, I, I genuinely think that in a regular time – the new James Wan big horror movie would pop in the right setting. I, I don't think that this is representative of like, well, James Wan, uh, you know, his star power isn't what it is. I don't think that they marketed this at all. No, this is, and they had one trailer. Yeah. This isn't really the place where you can, uh, the, like the market, the state of world where you can just like market a regular horror movie. Yeah. Like you, you kind of can with Candyman because it's, it's got it's got names involved, both like IP names and it's got Jordan Peele uh, producing, and you can you can just pump out trailers and get that in the world. I just I feel like no matter how many trailers you put out for Malignant, it's just not going to find a foothold anywhere. I also think that's a really good example that you point out is that like 
for all we haven't seen Malignant, but for all we ex- we expect to like Malignant better than Candyman, and so Candyman is a worse film, but it had like the far superior trailer, like not even close. Oh yeah, to Malignant, and so isn't that interesting that like one movie is better than the other, and yet like the trailers can be just so the opposite way of that. And that really speaks to the trailer houses in general. I just think that the, just more time was put into the marketing Candyman in general. So Malignant opens with $5 million, uh, poor theater average. It's available on HBO Max. I don't know if enough people knew it was coming out or were interested. It also didn't have that thing of, you know, like they, they tried to make it like this is a new horror franchise in regard to The Conjuring. Well, The Conjuring had... First of all, The Conjuring looked like the biggest horror movie of all time. Like it just looked like special effects and right. huge sets and just big. Um, and it was also when haunted house movies were huge. This was going off of this guy named Gabriel in the movie trying to. It almost seemed like they were trying to make him like the next big horror creature. Yeah, but like he has no distinctive look about him. He looks like the the girl from The Ring, but a man. Tall, wet hair, wet wet black hair over his face. And so that's not distinctive. There was no pull here except for James Wan. You know, even the story, like if you asked me, like, what is it about from the trailer? It's about a girl who can see people die and had an imaginary friend who might be the devil. Like, that's not a story that immediately goes, oh, well, I got to see that. I agree. So it just didn't have a hook. It didn't work, but it's supposed to be interesting. So James Wan gets that made for 40 million. And I do think in a normal time that could have hit. Um, the only other things that I'll mention in the top 10, cause they're there, the card counter, which is uh, Oscar Isaac, Tiffany Haddish, um, Paul, uh, what's Paul Schrader film, Paul Schrader. That's his name. Uh, came out um, semi wide. 580 is, is not limited, but it's also, not not limited so that got into the not limited i mean l- limited for a prestigious film you know paul paul schrader's last film first reformed i believe was nominated for original screenplay and ethan hawk came very close to a nomination for best actor uh-huh. so those kind of films you release to four theaters 20 sure. theaters okay and then you build buzz releasing it in the same amount of theaters as like you know uh the alpinist whatever that is or scrolling further down um small like you know small engine repair in 200 theaters like it's just it's a weird floating area to release a movie yeah so because there's because it's i i i agree obviously you know you're right that it's not it's not the same platform yeah when like a movie gets new york released and yeah new york and la yeah but it's also like seems to me like well below, like the one thousand twelve hundred fifteen hundred for like a, yeah, a a, a slow key release. Yeah, like the Night House came out in twenty two hundred theaters. Right. Uh, yeah, that was a wide release. Yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird space. It's a weird middle ground, and so that that gets us to a million and only a thousand seven hundred per theater average. Yeah. Um, it, it would have probably gotten more if it was only released in a few art houses uh, instead, but they, they thought they would just would go wide with it. And Show Me the Father is apparently a religious film that didn't make any money. So oh, that's nice. here we are. Uh, let's talk about Free Guy. Um, Happy to. Made another $5.6 down 37 100 It crossed $100 million, Noah. 
Freak idea. It's really crushing it in China, I have to say. Right now it has 276 worldwide. I think it'll for sure get over 300 million worldwide. All on a budget of $100 million. That's a ding, ding, ding. Three times your production budget. That's the magic number. Um, also, just this crawling. I think what it, it opened with what twenty five, twenty eight. Let me click on this. Somewhere in that uh, in that range. It yeah. opened. It opened to twenty eight, and it's gonna close with around one hundred and twenty, probably, if it keeps dropping the small one hundred and fifteen. So this is a massive hit. I feel like we're definitely getting a sequel, and it, if it opens in a healthy, knock on wood, you know, when this when the sequel opens in twenty twenty three or whatever, we have a healthy marketplace again. This could really pop. You know, like a breakout sure. sequel. So um, that's exciting. It's really nice to see an original IP do this well. It can still happen. Is is just nice to to remember. And now that Paramount has recently said, the rumor is that Paramount is going to stop making theatrical original films entirely and focus on IP for their streaming service. Um, that's the rumor. Oh it's God. it's nice to see an original film still do well as a case of no, it can happen. Just make a movie people want to see. What a depressing thing you just said. I know it's it's. I really haven't even read into it. I don't really care to. Um, I don't really have anything else going on in the chart. Everything is kind of just floating around. Um, you know, Jungle Cruise is about to hit one ten. Um. Candyman's going to get over $55 million probably by the end, which is a nice little hold haul for that. Paul Patrol might get close to 40 and that's about it. Space Jam and New Legacy crossed $70 million recently, so that's something. Sure. Um, if they wanted to give that another try, I wouldn't blame them. They would just need it to be really, really good, uh, which uh, they can do. It's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not, impossible to make a good film um and that might be it i want to say toward the end of its run i think i might have mentioned this before but uh also the per forever purge just made 44 million dollars this summer i think that's just important to point out that made just very average business for that movie um no what i what i want to point out is as it's near its end of its run uh, f9 the fast saga 714 million worldwide basically yeah. exactly what we would you know uh, Furious 7 and Fate of the Furious both made over a billion dollars. No one was expecting this one to do that, really. This is exactly where it probably would have gone normally. It would have gotten maybe closer to $200 million domestically, but worldwide, 714 750 maybe 8 is right uh -huh. where we would have expected it during normal times. So that's really cool to just see a movie basically make what everyone would have thought it would have made. Yeah, that is uh, yeah, always always refreshing to see. A lot of money. All right, that's all I got. All right, well then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did, Did it, it make, make more, more or, or less, less than, than open, open water? water? We all know how to play. I name a movie and you tell me whether it made more or less than open water at the box office. Right okay. there in the title. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year that movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yes. We start with the other Bolin girl. <laughs> Saw this in theaters, didn't really care about it at all. Uh, I'm going to say that made more. The other Bolin girl made less. Damn it. Now i got to think of when the other Bolin girl came out. You do, as is the uh, the premise. You don't have to. You can decline. This is to going to be the bonus point. This is going to be a shot in the, I'm going to say 2009. It was a close shot, but not quite there. It was 2008. That is a, uh, one, of the, 
one of those movies that like if it came out now i might actually be like i'd see that but yeah i had zero interest in at the time and thus have never seen yeah uh we are moving on instead to gods of egypt oh boy did i see this movie i'm gonna say more gods of egypt did make more you are correct yeah Yeah. okay so that that came out in 2000 and i'm gonna say 17 i think it might be 18 though uh neither is right it was 16 oh 16 way far off okay but still uh you got you got one point you're still alive you got to run the table now on mile 22 Less. Mile 22 made more. That came out in 2019. 18. 18, yeah. 18. I'm sorry to say. I do believe we uh, covered it on this podcast. Oh, yeah, we did. Some time ago. We did. Uh, All right. I think that was a... uh, It's hard. These are hard. That that, that was hard, but uh, I've I've been... uh, I've been come after in the past for maybe picking uh, picking some unfair challenges. No, those those are all I think fine. This was I a think this those, was a legitimate victory. I think those are all very my, fair and balanced, and uh, yeah, on my part, on behalf of the game. Uh, but uh, I'm sure sure you'll come back roaring next week. We'll see. In the meantime, uh, come and gone from a theater near you. Let's go back to a time when uh, you hadn't just been defeated by the game. Brian, okay. are you ready to go back in time? Sure. So we talked last week, the Labor Day weekend, pretty historically uh, rough. Turns out the weekend after Labor Day, also pretty rough. Yes. Yeah. By some measures, Early rougher. September is, yeah, not great. So, uh, but I went with a, I went with a weekend that had a nice little, uh, a nice little solid one-two punch up top. Okay. Uh, that happened in 2015. Two uh, two films opened and got uh, number one and number two. 2015. Is this the House of the Clock in its Butt? No, that was much later. We covered the House of the Clock in its Butt on uh, this podcast. Okay, then I'll I'll just I'll take a hint right away. All right, uh, we've got a uh, let's go for the number two movie first. Okay. I. Uh, Maybe this that'll spur to, my number one option. Maybe. Uh, this is going to be a uh, a horror, uh, possibly a horror thriller type. I haven't actually seen it, but uh, you have. And uh, this was a uh, a re- a movie that sparked a, a bit of a resurgence in Hollywood. <clears throat> it was a horror. Not paranormal activity. No, it was not paranormal activity. Uh, 2015. You said it was a a, uh, a horror thriller. Yes, so either sparked... either either horror or like horror thriller. It sparked a resurgence. That makes you think it's a person. Um, okay. unless it's a, unless it's a franchise. But what if it's a person? Yeah, see, I think it's a person. So who was in this open number two? Who's in a horror thrill that didn't open to number one but sparked a resurgence? So like not like not Halle Berry, not Reese Witherspoon, not McConaughey, but not 
All right, give me another clue. Let me uh, let me point you in a uh, different direction. This is a. Uh, you could say that this resurgence is uh, literally going on to this day. Is, is it a Rob Lowe? Rob Lowe? No, what did Rob Lowe do today? He said literally. Oh, no. A bunch. No, I, I just, He's a I podcast meant, called Literally. It is, uh, it's literally happening today. Yes, like, the resurgent. But like in this moment, like, like something happened today? No, not like today and spe- specifically, but it is uh, it is still going on. Don't think so much about the star of the film <laughs> as perhaps uh, someone who may have been involved behind the scenes. Yeah, so now I'm thinking director, but who's going on today? James Wan? No. No, 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 no. Um, uh, if I... Just if I, Jason Blum. If I had said that it was uh, literally going on to this day about <laughs> eight weeks ago, that would have been a uh, much more pointed comment. Eight weeks ago? Eight weeks ago. What week was that? Hold on. That's two months ago. So it is September... 13th so july 13th it's not the purge no it's the not the conjuring right it is correct it is not the conjuring. okay all right it's not escape room no what else came out in july think about someone whose star once burned bright and then perhaps uh, cratered into the center of the earth, only to then uh, resurge. Are you talking about like the core, Hillary Swank? No, that, that wasn't the pointed metaphor. Okay. Their star fell fall. So, fa- it, but fell it's far. not. But it's not an actor. Not really, though he has been known to act. Oh, it's The Visit. It is The Visit. The Visit came out in September? Uh, September of 2015. I could have sworn there was an August film. I would it have wasn't. Put, I would have put money on it. That opened to 15. Uh, no, it opened uh, much higher than that to 25.4. Oh, okay, great. The uh, visit opened in September. It opened in September to 25 rather than in August to 15. Uh, yeah, did uh, did nice uh, nice little business for yeah, something did. coming out okay. on the day after. Uh, gotcha. Old was the one you were referring to. Yes, I was referring to old. <laughs> <At least. laughs> And it is still in theaters to this day. Okay, well, I have good news. That didn't help me figure out the number one film. All right. That didn't jostle my memory. uh, The number one film. uh, Pretty confident you have not seen this. Oh, no. It's going to be tough. Uh, Oh, no. Wikipedia describes it as a romantic thriller. (laughs) What? Is it? uh, Okay, hold on. No good deed. No. Um, uh, oh, damn it. It's 
not War Room. It's uh, what? Oh, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess this won't give anything away. One of the uh, one of the cast members is credited as David Dave King. Oh, Dave King is the character that I would know. Um, is it a Will Packer film? Is he a producer? I uh, no, but. I had uh, I did check to see if that was the yeah, case. Yeah, I know it's going to be real hard for me to get this title, especially, especially with uh, <laughs> with it opening at number one and all these kind of like you know trashy thriller r- love things always have like such generic titles. I agree, which is why. Uh, <sighs> fuck. Let's see. Let's kind of. Uh, let's kind of. Uh, the perfect taboo, man. Taboo this out. Ooh, ooh, I'm. I, I'm going to give you credit for that because it's the perfect guy. Oh, okay. I would never have gotten that. I mean, I uh, yeah, well, eventually I would have, but I was uh, going to try to lead you to free guy. And then like, that would have, this, that would have taken, that would have taken so long. I know. I know. All right. Well, if that, my God, that opened to over 25. All right. I'll say 28 then. I, uh, in fact, it didn't open a t- over 25. Uh, the visit made 25.4 and the perfect guy made 25.8. Oh, close. So they were neck and neck, but, uh, it struck me as just a nifty little, uh, two movies making $25 million on this, uh, this hell weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. Good for them. Good for them both. Sanaa Lathan. Hmm. Yes. She's, she's pretty. Sanaa Lathan. So it was Morris Chestnut. Um, yeah, Morris Chestnut, by the way, plays David Dave King. I see. Maybe I did see this. Oh. Maybe I didn't. Let me check. Let me consult my list. 2015. There's no way I saw this. I didn't see that many movies. No, I didn't. All right. Well, those were hard. Very hard guessing today. Yes. Yes, that one was uh, that one was tough, but we don't keep we don't keep track of points for that. Thank one. God, just a little, just a just a little look back. All right, all right, Noah, recommend a movie for the folks for this week slash weekend. All right, uh, I'm going to recommend this one blind to everyone. Uh, Me I know too. Nothing about it Me in either. terms of whether or not it's supposed to be good. Oh, I no only mind. know that it exists, and recently learned, as in like 20 minutes ago, that it came out this weekend. Uh, if you can go check out the card counter mm. because Paul Schrader makes very interesting movies. And I was, uh, particularly into, uh, first reformed his most recent film. And this one sounds, uh, fun and interesting as well. And apparently it's in theaters now. Didn't know that. It is in theaters. I'm going to go with Malignant. I think everyone should take a shot at this weird, kind of kooky, crazy twist uh, horror movie that I think everyone who I at least know who has seen it says, oh my god, what a ton of fun. And so doesn't that sound like a lot of fun? So that's what I would suggest for everyone to go see Malignant. I support that. All right, plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I am at Brian DeSerber, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And, of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. Uh, 
we always ask for subscriptions and that would be nice or follows or whatever they call them. I don't know. They all have different words, but what about a comment? What about a review review the podcast? Crazy. I know, but give it a shot. It also doesn't need to be a long review. No, could be just good. That's, I, I'll take that. I would love a review that just says good. Good. Perfect. Yeah. It doesn't have to say perfect. I meant the good would be just perfect. If you are, if you are, perfect, if you are compelled by uh, something, I don't know, perhaps your imaginary friend from youth uh, oh, boy. to call the podcast perfect. This sounds like, spooky. Don't fight it, but we're not, we're not I asking. Don't, for perfect. don't fight that guy. Cause I think he's bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this is off. This is actually this is actually not that off the rails. That part of the conversation. Um, that's going to do it for us here at What's in the Box Office. I have been your host Brian. I've been your host Noah. We'll see you next week. We should tease what's happening next week, real quick. I, I love it. Uh, would you like me? Uh, would you like me to do the honors? Do we have a title? I asked uh, we, a, a mod. He likes the first one that we came up with, but we, okay. we can discuss uh, that off, off. Yeah, let's leave. Let's leave the uh, let's leave the title reveal. Okay. To next week, uh, but in honor of the uh, approaching Halloween holiday, and really just month of October for uh, scary movie watching, we have asked some of our uh, some of our past contributors, the some of our good friends, to. They're all stars. I see. Okay. Uh, yes, we have asked. Uh, we have asked the all stars of what's in the box office to uh, contribute some ideas for scary movies to watch, and we're going to uh, we're going to watch them. We're going to talk about them. We're going to respond to them with some uh, some horror movies of our own, and just give uh, give everyone some some good ideas for what to check out this uh this october and uh, time leading into october because it's always a good time for a scary movie always a good time weather's getting cold leaves are falling it's going to be a lot of fun we're gonna have two lists uh the best horror movie we've watched and the scariest and we we're gonna pick a companion that my my favorite part of this is we're gonna pick a companion film so for instance no i'm a three on the spot if someone brought in um i don't know psycho classic horror film what would you pick as a companion piece for that? Oh God! Uh, you've got themes of mothers. You got twist endings. You've got black and white. You've got Hitchcock. Sure, I would probably come back uh, a tour de fair, especially especially something like Psycho. I'd really want to think about it and come back with an interesting response. Mm-hmm. But my first thought was actually Get Out, a little shot for shot remake of Psycho. Oh yeah, yes. Get Out. Um, Psycho is a uh, a very early. Uh, like top tier contribution to the horror canon, whereas Get Out was probably the most recent, uh, like long term addition to right. horror movies. Everyone should watch lists, right? And I think that's a uh, that would be an interesting uh, an interesting dichotomy there, yeah. the old and the new, and so forth. It's a good pick. Um, so that's what we'll be doing next week. We think we have our guests. We think we have our movie, but we'll let you all know that you'll know it based on the. The episode description, but that'll be fun. We'll get you guys ready for Halloween and all that jazz. So that's next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.